for me. Let's just like. You yeah. should just be loud. We should just be mic'd up all the time, dude. You don't know. Get those, get those clips, bro. Some wireless. Dude, you just, just turn it into reality. I thought you guys were serious. Oh, you've got <laughs> headphones if you want them. You don't have to use them. Um, I will because it feels important. I like it. It feels important. Yeah, I had to get my had oh. to clear my brain. You Is know? that one of those uh, Turkish bathhouses or something? Oh yeah, it's a Russian bathhouse, my friend. Dang, get it! Don't get it twisted. By the way, <laughs> Shelby on the mic. Hey, hello. If you want to introduce yourself, we're just talking about bathhouses. It's yeah. not a big deal. It's part of it's part of the whole hunky journey of gear. It is really hunky, and uh, so I don't know if it was the last time I saw him. But one of the last times I saw him, I was actually at Milk and Honey with our good friend of the show, Dan Smart, and. uh I'll walk Shelby after getting after getting a rub and you know what else? What else you doing know, there? There's no rubbing. I don't know. <laughs> I Do they give you a massage? That, you could buy one, yeah. if you but you really just to. go for the steam. Right? For the, yeah, you just, just sit in a hot room, and most the best part is is that no one else that you know is there, so no one's talking to you. Right. So you're just sitting you're not there, there to socialize, thinking about your life naked. You know, well, you got a sheet on. You got a it's towel not, or okay. something. Well, I, I mean, I'm talking about when I do you it. Or in it my all, fantasy, I guess. You let the fruit basket just <laughs> hang right out the front. The fruit basket. Fruit I basket. like that. God, this Some is a bad way to start this. I knew I was going to do this. Just talking about Red talking Square. about Red Square. This is what we talk about. This is kind of what we talk about. This episode is brought to you by Red Square. It's also brought to you not by Henry's Heart Sparkling not Water. Brought to you by not sponsored. This by. is now the third time I've talked about this on the podcast, so I don't want it to become a recurring thing. But I just thought you should know that I am actually literally a paid spokesman for <laughs> Henry's Heart Sparkling Water. <laughs> That's not I'm, how we got. Them. I'm how not did, joking. How did that happen? A friend sent me a link, and I went to an open casting, and I fucking got it. I got it. I got it. I <laughs> fucking and, nailed it. And, and, and in one fell swoop, I made more money doing that than almost anything I've ever done with music in my life. Wow. Did they just use your voice? No, I'm. There's. We could show there's you. There's a YouTube commercial. It's there's been on. YouTube it's been internet? on the TVs. I've, and I've it's been, been told, on the television. But I haven't seen. It. I've seen it on YouTube. I don't watch TV. Wow. Me, my father, and my grandfather, all named Henry. I went in. Long story short, I told him I was like, "Yo, there's also two other Henrys that live in Chicago. They're like, bring them for the callback, and we're all on this shit together." So, so this, is, but this is my first time ever drinking it in now, my life. I, I didn't I, drink I, it on set or anything. I have to I say, am. the lime is rough. This tastes like the blueberry is great. Bar blueberry is good, right? This, I just yeah. want to get a case of the this blueberry. This is good. Lemon lime, I will. It's I highly rough. recommend against. I'll it. drink it because it's got booze in it, but it's nasty. Real nasty. The blue, like I had a sip. Breath. It was good. I was all right. Yeah, you might like the strawberry. You're a very good spokesperson. Well, you know what? They're not paying me for my podcast. Right. If they want to, I would gladly accept their money again, but they aren't. So wait, let me, let's back up. There yeah. was just a room full of Henry's more or less. It was mostly, it turns out mostly people with like the last name Henry. Okay. That's lame. Yeah, I know. And then there was a dog in the commercial and, and they supposedly its name was Henry. It's called, his name was like fucking Duke or something. It was not Henry. Also, there was a, a famous Henry, Henry, Henry Cejuda. Wait, they just lied about the dog. Totally name. lied about the Today, dog's name. Duke is called Henry. Henry it was something like Duke. It was like Buzz. Do you think he or, got the gig? Cause he was just a cute dog. And then they were like, let's a well-trained dog that yeah. had the, I mean, have you ever seen best in show? Yeah. 
it had the stereotypical stage mom, yeah. dog mom thing. Like doing her own hair. Literally just like the dog. getting red in the face and angry when it wasn't doing exactly everything perfectly <laughs> on cue with like 40 strangers in the room. Dog. Yeah, because it's a fucking dog, man. It was messed up. But also a UFC Oh, yeah. The flyweight, champion. flyweight champion. I think uh, he Cejudo. holds two belts. He does. Fly and Henry Bantam. Cejudo was in it. I had never heard of him. Uh, he was, you know. He was all right. He seems like a person. Kind of, kind of like a douche a little bit. Yeah, he's a little douchey. But he's also super famous and rich. So I and and I was treating him like some other schmuck callback extra for this thing like I was. Yeah. You were like, what are you in for? Yeah. I was like, yeah, what are you where are you from? It's like oh, they just flew me in. I was like, oh, they flew oh, me in. Oh, they flew you, Mr. Fancy. I had to get a ride. <laughs> <laughs> My dad drove me. Literally, <laughs> I got a ride. My dad. <laughs> That's so great. My dad drove me. So this is episode 16 of the Gear Hunks this podcast is right here. This is a good start. This yeah. is a good solid start. I, I think so, too, uh, in preparation. So we one of the things about it is that we try not to do any uh, real research necessarily or like we don't look things up when we're talking. You know, some podcasts will be like, oh, we're, we're talking about this thing we don't know anything about. Let's pull up the Internet and look at it. We, we don't, don't do any that. of that shit. Well, hang on. I'm, Put your Internet away. My phone's away. However, yeah. uh, I will say that we correct I, ourselves after every episode. We tend to need to correct ourselves a lot. So this, we're not entering what's called the Ministry of Correction. I, I don't think you should even correct yourself. I mean, just let it let it rip. You know, like I wish I had that kind of lot. It's kind of fun to mentality. correct ourselves because we learn, I think, too, about the process. It, I, it is not fun for me. I have to be honest it's painful for really? me i edit this damn thing and have to listen to it and listen to myself say wrong things yeah <laughs> i, I with, feel with shitty serious conviction too it's oh, not just saying yeah. wrong things it's like really meaning wrong like things. i know you do stand by you do stand by like when you're wrong you're like no dude i'm right exactly like, and then you're well, wrong. we'll see you next week in the ministry of corrections like last or two weeks ago so <laughs> no no specific corrections this time sure. but um we did we do have a, a long I wouldn't say he's a long-running fan of the show. More like he's an old friend of mine who happens to have been in my first band ever. Now he's a fucking professor at Milwaukee School of Engineering, so he's a super science nerd, but also loves the show. And he had something to add to the pot talk that we had last week, if you wouldn't mind me maybe going through that Please, real quick. do it. So I told a story about, we were talking about pots, talking about you know audio taper versus linear pots, the whole thing. And he said, talking about potentiometers, a podcast after my own heart. Blah, blah, blah. Boilerplate. All right. It's kind of amazing that Bell Labs <laughs> did so much fun re fundamental research back in the day. We were talking about how Bell Labs basically figured out all the stuff about the telephone and then this Fletcher Munson curve, whatever. Kind of awesome that they used some of that money earned through their monopoly to fund basic research. Blah, blah, blah. Tons of stuff came out of that. They had a lot of blue sky projects that were basically, we don't have an application for X yet, but we thought it would be interesting and we want to see what would happen. Talks about a couple other things. Maybe my favorite story is the Bell Labs dudes that discovered the microwave background radiation, which is super cool. And I and I had heard about this, but I didn't know this exact story. They were developing a radio telescope, and there was a bunch of noise that they couldn't figure out the source of. Great sentence, Steve. You're an engineering professor, not an English professor. To give you an idea of their desperation, at one point, they thought the source might be bird poop and the reflector antenna they were using. They eventually ruled out everything they could think of and then figured out their noise data matched theoretical predictions for the microwave background radiation from the Big Bang. They won a Nobel Prize for this. Holy shit. Bird shit. <laughs> that's the smartest thing that's ever been on this podcast. Ever. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. As always. Usually usually it's a correction of some sort. That was just some fun color. And I told him, I was like, we got to get you back down to Chicago, man. Be on the show. Yeah, but, get him uh, on. I, you know, we'll see. I think he's too big time for us now. 
We'll Bill, see. Bill Nye over here. <laughs> Bill Nye. The, I've told I've told stories about him before. He, he was a drummer in my first ever band in high school and everything. My grandfather. Uh, so we, my friends and I, we call, all called him speakers because he like built speakers and knew a lot about speakers and stuff. And my grandpa, clever. Very my, grandpa, <laughs> no, my grandpa called him Wires, which is still maybe my favorite nickname for anybody. <laughs> what was his name ever. again? Wires. Wires. It's <laughs> totally but it was a also, grandpa move. But it was also like it was kind of a grandpa move. But I still think he knew what he was yep, doing with that. Like he do. was just like he, taking advantage of the grandpa card Absolutely. there they usually anyways do, man. That's shout out to shout out to grandpa butch uh oh. listening right now shout out to wires shout out to wires you know he's <laughs> in on this shit you know who you are um uh so anyways you know that's that nothing nothing major there oh although i will say and, and actually maybe shelby you might have something uh to add to this here we were talking last week or i don't know a couple weeks ago maybe about uh as one does boutique pedals and how there's just like anything you could possibly ever imagine. But we realized that we don't, we couldn't really come up with much in the way of boutique wah pedals. Have you, have you, have you come across any that you really dig? Exotic is probably the closest. Exotic. Yeah. Yeah. There's the Chicago iron ones we were talking about that do those like reissues. But anyways, there's the Kirk Hamlet signature, the Kirk Kirk Hamlet Hamlet signature. (laughs) There's a new Gary Clark jr. One. It's really light. That's all I know about. Okay. Is that for real? Yeah. Is that really light? Do you want a light? light? Is it a crybaby? Yeah. Oh, do you want? So it's like the 17th crybaby, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, because they made a lot of those. They've made quite a few of those. Yeah. In fact, recently I sent you a picture of me ripping off the Crybaby logo as the Gearhunks logo. I found the uh, I found the parachute wah pedal that I, I was did too. About. Oh yeah, and what was it called? I sent it to. It you. was made by Chicago Ironworks. Chicago Ironworks. Yeah, yeah. it was a reissue of the of original, the, the Tycho yes. Bra. Yeah, very cool pedal. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you that was that was a correction. That was kind of a ministry of correction. That was kind of a ministry. Yeah, um, but anyways, there's this guy named Joe Gagan or Gagan. Uh, that was commenting on the stuff uh, via Lollygagger effects, and uh, well, he doesn't work with them. He we were introduced via Lollygagger effects, and I watched some of the videos, and that dude makes some pretty cool sound at Wah Wah pedals. They start at like the three hundred dollar range on his reverb. Oh, so shop. he's a boutique. Pedal. He's a boutique builder, oh. but they get up to the like you know almost thousand dollar range with crazy, weird ass tops and treadles and stuff going on. But yeah, if anybody's really interested, I think I can safely say that if I never heard a Wah pedal again, I would be. <laughs> Ooh, this is juicy. Yeah, well, just why? What? Why do we need? To, what is? What is the application for that? Who hurt you, Shelby? <laughs> the wah pedal fell on him. Yeah, the wah pedal. Okay, well, now let's stub your toe on a wah pedal. Elephant in the room. I think it's got to be. We've got to get it out of the fact you you work for a very wonderful establishment, uh-huh. being Chicago Music Exchange. Chicago Music Exchange. Yes. What? This is like our Trump biggest uh, biggest profile guest, I think, right now. So you are subjected to some pretty some pretty awful lying. I would have to imagine. No, we're, I'm pretty good at shaming people into submission. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, nah. can I try that wah pedal over there? Like, no. Yeah, actually, uh, no, no. I think that my general canned response is, why would you, why would you need an expensive wah pedal? Yeah. Okay. Just, just, if you can just, describe in a few words, just buy the yeah. crybaby. It's it's fine. Don't get the mini though, because you need the whole sweep. You need the whole thing. You're, you're not gonna want. The I, what was the you one know, you I got sweep? the I got the mini Dunlop Expression. <laughs> Uh, which is which is pretty okay, but man, my feet are just too big for that That's shit. Too, yeah, it's not enough. Mm-mm. But tell me, do you have a wah? I actually do not currently own. A, I mean, I own a Kemper and that has a wah built into it, but I don't have a wah. No, I've I've had three of the exact same cry crybaby throughout my life that I've sold. You know, at different times. Would an auto wah count? Like if it was, like I guess I've got, I've got an have, auto wah. I've got didn't a have one of the actual like pedal. No, let's just say wah with a wah with a pedal. No, I, I gotta have the expression. Okay. I don't currently own one. I do not. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of want one though. 
I haven't I haven't had one for at least a decade. Didn't you feel like guitar players when we were like kids? A lot of people had them. That was like Absol- a, it was, that's like I effect the, number two. I think it was, right. I was it was my second we, pedal. This yeah. is how it came about. We were like, yeah. well, what's the what's the order of like effect pedals? You drive so, pedal and wah. I got a fuzz, which is sitting on that table because I recently started going through my pedals. My first ever pedal, the DoD FX fifty two, and then I got a crybaby. Yeah. And then I got the Dan Electro Cool Cat Chorus because I thought it would make me sound like Nothing Else Matters by Metallica. It did not. Did it? No. It did not. No. no. That's a real shame. So, uh, but yeah, I don't, wait. So no, I don't you don't. You don't like why. the Waz. Why? I don't know, dude. Like, I, what do I need that for? Sometimes when I hear a fucking ripping slash cheesy hard rock solo, See, but I just kind of want a little. Uh, but on there. when am I ever gonna use that? That, I mean, I feel I feel like fair. I've, like yeah. I've tried to build my entire like life avoiding that. That's fair. As an <laughs> That's adult. It takes up okay. a whole footprint on the pedal board. You know. So. Okay. Counterpoint. Uh, how about something like? Do you like Frank Zappa? I could never find the right entry point. Ooh, we can have that yeah. discussion. Yeah. I would love I, to do I that. I never found. It's, I can tell you what it is. It's the album apostrophe. It's just too. There's too much, you know, and some of it's real zany. I'm aware the zaniness can be a bit much for me too. I'm aware of the zany, and I know that there's a smart person behind it. Oh yeah, but i I haven't I haven't found I haven't fallen in love with Frank enough to deal with the zany. You know what I mean? Word. I think that's a well put, man. I think that's. I have to. I mean, I have to. I have to agree. I totally disagree. I I I have to. I have to say, I support your way you said that. I completely disagree, and I think we could we could get you some cool shit. Yeah, that's fine. You just but you know like it takes like five songs for you to fall in love sure. with someone in order yeah. to, to deal with the eccentricities of being like, ah, I'm not see, really you know, sure I think about, about it and I got into it because of specifically <laughs> reading guitar magazines when I was a teenager. Cause like I, my parents would never have listened to that shit. There was no, it was not on the radio or anything. So I, I bought the Frank Zappa strictly commercial greatest hits when I was like 12 or 13. Cause I was reading about them so much in all these guitar magazines. And I don't know if I, if I just picked that shit up now, if I would actually get into it. Yeah. Or not. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. It's tougher too when you get older to try to get into new stuff. Like oh yeah, never heard before. Many books have been written about that. Perhaps will show up in the Riff Library someday. Perhaps. Uh, wait, what was the thing we were just talking about though? Wah pedals. Come back. For wah your pedals. first pedals, yeah. Yeah. Wah so wait, pedals. do you, have you ever had a wah? How do you feel about bass wah? Uh, yeah, I mean, I that's an even more like I don't even understand when you would ever even really use that. Mm, Metal- Metallica bass solos. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> See, you we're going back you to have Metallica. not you have not given one solid example of when a wah would be Jimi Hendrix used you're right. Wah, right you yeah. have you can't but that's but that's you're right that, but that is the reason that it, it ends up being effect number two right right it's like I bought a fuzz or I bought a drive and I bought a wah I think it gives you something to do when you're bored right like uh you can mess around with a wah you know what I mean you're not gonna like play in the band it is it wah. is a little bit more uh active, active. than passive yeah you kind of like if but it feels like something that's been perfected by two very sp- or a couple let's say five very specific guitar players yeah that it just doesn't need to be done anymore. I agree. I've never owned one. Yeah. I wouldn't. I don't want to buy one. It's probably. In the I last do like them. List. I like them when they're used as an extreme filter, like sure. b- like Josh Homme and Queens of Stone Age. They'll, they'll do they'll do that kind of thing on recordings. But you can buy pedals that do that shit now too, like the PDF by Stone Deaf. That is just like cranked mid pedal essentially, which is kind of what you're doing with a wah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you. I wasn't. I wasn't trying to go to bat for wahs necessarily. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know how I wound up on that side of the argument. Yeah, uh, but, I really uh, stripped you of that pretty quick what yeah. was the frank zappa thing brought me right down <laughs> he's a little he you know he was aware of the zany i just can't i haven't, I, I I haven't agree, been man. able to zany yet you know but then yeah if you can get through the zany there's some truly ripping guitars cool oh, stuff yeah that like you know uh, nels klein wouldn't exist if frank hadn't done it that right. kind of that kind of thing cool right. anyways that's been that's been that 
Uh, <laughs> now it's time to move on to one of my favorite segments, which is called Dave's Docs. Oh, Dave's Docs got today? one for us. Yeah, uh, real brief on this one. Yeah. But uh, have you guys seen Anvil? The story of Anvil? Oh, yeah, yeah. baby. Uh, oh, so yes. Anvil was this Canadian band, uh, early is, 1980s. Is this Canadian is. band? Is. I think they're still together, they, right? Oh, I th- confirmed they are. Um, really good movie. They were basically in like the early 80s. They kind of blew up opening for like Metallica and like Scorpions, like a lot of huge, huge arena They were going to be bands. one of the big four. You know, you've got your Anthrax, Megadeth, Slayer, Metallica. They were going to be kind of like part of that. And they just quite never made it. And the movie came out in 2010 and it's like the modern day version of them. And they're like in their late forties, early fifties, still trying to get a record deal. The drummer and the guitar player have been together. Like Lips. they've been best friends. Lips is the guitar player. And I forget the drummer's name, but he's got that Neil Peart thing going on. You oh, know, yeah. where he's like, he wears like the, the do rag. Which stuff. did you guys know that it's actually pronounced Neil Peart? No. no, I just watched the rush. Documentary I'm not changing like my ways. Ago. Yeah, I, I know this is a tough one. This is like finding out your did he say it himself. That's how it's. Oh, I, out of out of Neil Peart's mouth. Not just himself. some like British guy said it like because it, it's right? the it's the, it's a documentary chronic, chronicling their last tour and then it goes through the whole band and everything. But okay. yeah, dude, it's fucking Peart, man. I won't it's weird. Buy that, but um, <laughs> I won't buy that. Nope. <laughs> but anyways, it's a great movie. Uh, check it out. And um, Anvil, the story of Anvil. It's all the story I can say of about Anvil. Yeah. Dude, I saw that. So they when that movie came out. They did a tour with it where they like would screen the movie and then play a show. So I saw it at the Metro or they screened it and then fucking played. It's it's hard to watch at times, man. There's like a lot of good inner band fights and they're obviously drinking a lot. Like there's things going on. The tour falls apart. It's so good. But they're so Canadian about it. They're so fucking polite and and thoughtful and nice. And (laughs) until he gets pissed. Good. The one promoter won't pay him. They're in like Rome or whatever. Oh, yeah. You have fucking pay me right now. My fucking band played. Ba-da-da-da. So it's it's got a lot of drama in it. A lot I of but it does. Cool. Dave Stocks. What'd you think? <laughs> there you have it. Enjoyed. Uh, I, I, I feel like I out. don't have to watch the movie now. You I still think you should because they were fucking it. awesome. Yeah. And they are. They uh, they still play. Yeah. yeah still they playing. rip. Uh, throw that back over to the I rip. was just saying that you did a good job. You did. Thank I you, mean, I probably was. Oh, it was a good summary. It was good. I was saying, like, I don't feel like I have to. I'll take that as a compliment. You should take it. Well, I take it as an insult. Okay. Get out. Go see the movie now. Damn it. Are there any good rock and roll movies out right now? Oh, there's the the, the boss one. Echo in the Canyon. I haven't seen it yet. I, I want to see it. that real bad. Ooh, yeah. What's that? That's the... Uh, Laurel like, Canyon Laurel document. Canyon oh, and Petty yeah. and all that shit. Yeah, the doors. Mamas and the shit. Papas. Ooh. All right. I got to see where that's playing. Jackson Brown. I've been very into Jackson Brown lately. Really? That's cool. I didn't know anybody was ever really into well, Jackson have Brown. You ever watched, have you ever watched uh, Taxi Driver? Yes. Mm-hmm. So there's like one song in the whole fucking film. Recently, my wife was like, oh, hmm. I want to watch Taxi Driver. And I was like, you clearly don't know what this movie is about. Yeah. Like you don't want to watch. It's hard to watch. This yeah. is not like a fun film. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> not a Sunday after summer family This isn't like a let's pop it on the TV yeah. and I cuddle and watch it's Taxi Driver. popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> this gets dark fast, you know. But there's one song in that, in really in the whole film, and it's a Jackson Brown song off hmm. of um, Late for the Sky. Hmm. And it's that whole record's unbelievable. Oh, okay. shit. I can't recommend it. Maybe that's what I'll I need. It, I feel like I've always put Jackson Brown in the same category as Van Morrison it's of things that I just do. can't really get into. That I, I bought Astral Weeks based on many people's opinion or recommendation. I was in my early 20s. I haven't listened to it since then, but I was like, I don't get this at all. See, Vidon Fleece is much better. Vidon Fleece. The next record. Okay. Because there's not as much. I feel I hate things that people hype. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I can't get into things if someone's super stoked on it. Like what about Jazz Masters? Well, I'm the one that. <laughs> you know, you're the original. I'm the hype man in this situation. <laughs> Shit. 
I didn't think about that. Can you buy your into your own hype? I guess we have to, right? Otherwise, we wouldn't be making a podcast. Like yeah. we wouldn't be taking the time to fucking waste our afternoon doing this oh, shit. shit. You just shattered my world. Yeah. <laughs> well, while you're putting those pieces back together, I want to talk about a book. What do you got for us? That's today? what fucking people love to listen to. Let's listen to Henry <laughs> talk, talk about, about a book. I think I think y'all might find this one interesting though, and maybe you've read it. I don't know. It's a book called Feeding Back: Conversations with Alternative Guitarists from Proto Punk to Post Rock. By David Todd, Chicago Press, 2012. Mm-hmm. All right, so then you guys will be interested in this. It's basically just this guy interviewing really cool ass guitarists that I'm sure you love already. Like I wrote some of them down. Well, some of my favorites: Zoot Horn Rollo from uh, Captain Beefheart, Jay Mascus, Tom Verlaine from Television, Lee Ronaldo from Sonic Youth, Bob Mould. Coming back to Bob Mould again because third we episode couldn't grow. remember which band he was in, even though we knew it was Husker Du, Johnny Marr. Um, <laughs> bunch of them and it's and it, and it gets and it ranges from kind of more technical like oh i did this sort of thing with my jazz master to make it sound like that to more kind of philosophical discussion but all through the guise of being this alternative guitarist it's uh, called feedback feeding back feeding back and um i'm not cheating i'm putting this on my no, list no it's fine I'm, I'm into it i like i like it that means that i mean it's hitting its intended audience but i really liked it i even read the interviews with people you know there's some weird ass guitarists like uh, finesse and weird people that I hadn't really listened to or even knew anything about that I checked out because oh, of it. Cool. So it was, a, it was a really worthwhile read. And because it's a bunch of interviews, it doesn't feel like for the if you don't like reading books, it doesn't feel like you're reading a book. It feels like reading a bunch of articles. You know? Oh wow, okay. Yeah. I like back. that. Yeah, it's kind of easy to to move around on. Then you know you don't have to go from like cover to cover on it. Yeah, you don't have to. I I probably did when I read it, but you know you absolutely don't have to. You just like oh I love television a lot. I'm gonna read that chapter first. Great. So, I just met yeah. Tom Verlaine at the store shit yeah it was a really it was a funny experience because i was really nervous we long long story short no make it long we had a vendor like training us on the new tysco pedals oh cool and this guy like opened up the room he's like hey man that that pedal sounds really great like what is it and our rep's like oh you know it's the new tysco fuzz blah blah blah. he's like oh can i buy it he's like no i'm sorry this is like my demo unit (laughs) okay cool and he writes down the name and leaves he comes back in He's like, man, I really want to buy this pedal. Like, can I please buy this pedal? And our rep's like, oh, dude, it's the only one. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. Like, I'm traveling all around. I can't, there's nothing I can do. He's like, well, let me tell you. Like, I'll, I'll put you on the list for my band show tonight. <laughs> you know? And he's like, what band do you play for? Like, just kind of like, whatever. He's like, oh, I play in television. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you could have the. He's like, yeah, Tom's standing at the counter. So I like run out. And I was like, oh my God, Tom Verlaine's here. And I was like, hey, um, do you still play offset guitars? He goes, what's an offset? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, what a good answer. You're right. I'm an asshole. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, wow. Yeah. He's like, no, I, I play this like really awful strat that I built. That's got Dan electro lipstick pickups in it and it won't stay in tune and oh, it's wow. really buzzy and I might need to buy a hum debugger. Do you have one? <laughs> <laughs> you, no you mean like the, the thing you plug into the wall? Yeah. yeah. That's what you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, okay, man. Yeah. I thought that was like a bug zapper. I'm sorry, yeah. Mr. Verlaine. Oh, nice to meet you. Wow. wow. That's, that's cool. What's an offset? How often do you get uh how often do you get celebritized rolling through? Um pretty regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe on a every at least every month. Oh, right on. Do you guys like yeah. shut down an area of the store for them or do you just no, I just I act like Mr. Policeman and make sure that no one messes with them. Sure, sure. 
for the most part. So yeah, I mean, if you think about it, all the bands that come in, I mean, you guys have one of the best music stores in this in the United States, I think. Oh, of all the opinion. bands that come to Chicago, that they want to make a stop there. Noel know? Gallagher was just in the store. I think I saw something earlier this about week. That. No kidding. Yeah, and my boss. Yeah, my boss texted me. He's like, "Hey, you should get a picture." And I was like, "You clearly don't know who." We're <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's not gonna talk <laughs> do you, to you. Do, do you, you want you me to think, keep my phone? Right. Do you think that I'm gonna ask him that question? <laughs> he might punch me in the. Face. And then our, the, our drum shop employee ended up just getting a picture with him. Wow. Because his girlfriend was a huge fan, yeah. but it was he was. Uh, well, that's the trick. It's always, you got to get. It's the girl always for involved. the girlfriend. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she's from she's from Manchester or something. Uh, she, Some, like she's very a scouser too. Yeah. So, but he was standing next to the Jazzmaster wall, and he's looking at Jazzmaster. He goes, "You know," he's like, "I've never seen one in this color before." I'm not going to do an accent. That would be. Very rude. I refuse to allow this show to go on unless you do your best, Noel Gallagher. No, no, I'm not going to. He's like, I've never seen a jazz master in that color before. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's a custom shop. We built it, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, it's a great color. I got too many jazz masters. He's like, I have a custom shop one. It's fucking shit. <laughs> it's fucking awful. Shit. It's fucking shit. Fucking shite. It's fucking, fucking shit. And he goes, but I have one of those American professional ones. It's great. I'm like, wow. okay, cool. Right on. And then man. he just walked away. He likes what okay. he likes. Yeah, there you go. He's like, it makes no sense. They gave me a $4,000 one. It's awful. And I have a, I have an American made one and it's just perfectly fine. Damn. It's so interesting, man. I would just watched their documentary recently about yeah. Oasis. And if you think about the early nineties, like vintage guitars weren't worth what they are now. No. So they're all playing like old Gibsons. They're like, they have like a, you know, a late sixties Telecaster bass. It's like yeah. no big deal. That was the bass. That yeah. They used, you know, it was I just found like, it at the store. Yeah. I found it at the pawn shop. It was shop there and it was, like, it was cheaper than the new cheaper one. Cheaper than the one I wanted. So <laughs> do I have to say though? And I mean, I, as you guys are probably both aware, I watch a lot of guitar videos, like a lot of guitar videos on the YouTube. Probably more than I do. Maybe. Probably, probably. way more. Probably more but than also, both of us combined. But what actually. I was going to say is that I'm not. I'm no longer even surprised at how many of the time, how often someone has this badass guitar and they're like, "Oh yeah, I got this in, when I was in Chicago, Chicago Music Exchange." Yeah, yeah. Like, damn, dude. Like everybody fucking goes there. My 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 number one axe is from CME. You know, what was what's that? That's the, my, Les, my Paul? Les Paul. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But uh, but you've had that for a long time. I mean, you? several years. Yeah. I guess I don't know how that long. Did you get your Martin from there too? No, that was Reverb. So I guess I mean, okay. you know. Kind of. No. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. Different. Always been different. Always been Get different. it right. Uh, that's all I have to say. That is all you have to say. Um, no, it's okay. We we already we already did all of our I mean we are we're big fans of both CME and Reverb around here, but we did our, <laughs> our, our Etsy, you know, discussion a couple weeks ago. Oh so. good. Yeah. I um, how did that go? I mean we, it was fine. I think we're just mostly worried about losing the good stuff about reverb. Yeah. You know? Because sure. like, but and and there are some good things about the like as a seller who sells shit online. Like some of the Etsy policies are actually even a little bit better, especially when it comes to the affiliate stuff. But we don't have to get back into the weeds all that. Get in yeah. all the weeds. But uh, yeah, no, I don't. We're most we just I just hope it. I hope it. Hope it stays the, the same. Keeps the good stuff. Yeah, it, it's, it's not. It can't stay the same. But I hope right. it keeps the good stuff. It's rolling. You know? Yeah, I can't it. imagine it not. I mean, I know nothing about it, so I really like. Yeah, I literally know nothing about it. I can't, you know, it's just, there are two options. It's either going to be good or it's going to be bad. Right. Yep. That's all. But I've, yeah, that was whatever. We can talk about it later. Um, but <laughs> well, the, I've made you nervous. No, not at all. We just, we, you know, we just talked, we, I was we talking to it. somebody from Reverb about it already. You know? Oh, we got into it. Um, got some news. News. Actually, I think this first one might be very interesting to you. There it is. There it Fresh is. Henry's. Not brought to you by Henry's. <laughs> Not brought to you by Henry's. That was a good uh, You like the blueberry. That was perfect. I'm, I'm so glad. I just want that a case of the blueberry. You, you, have you to telegraphed that. it. 
so then so then I knew to stop talking yeah. and then now I've got that nice guys, beautiful and sound. And it surprised me cuz yeah. I wasn't I was looking that. <laughs> Dude, I bet if I bet when you know the foley artist is sampling mm-hmm. that, he's going to use an SM7 on that yeah. bitch. Yeah, you need to sample that. So uh dude, uh new Fender signature coming out. Oh yeah? Fender Phil Linet. Oh, the 78. Was, I bass, saw that, baby. man. I thought I didn't I see I when I put it on the outline, I thought that you weren't you wouldn't have seen it because I figured you would have already sent it to me right. via text message. I like to save some things, but it looks you like do. we're on the same we're page. On the same, we're on the same page, uh, probably the same web page. <laughs> I put my hand up next to my mouth when I said that. Thegearpage.com. <laughs> it was probably gear page. No, actually I got mine from Premier Guitar because oh, okay. I get the email. And, oh, I like that. You know. Um, yeah, I'm excited about it. It looks like it's modeled after a 78. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's basically just a P base with a mirror pickguard. But it also specs, has a an, badass bridge. Uh, oil neck. Yeah, they oiled no, the neck, which no is finish. interesting because, yes, 70s were known to have a thick lacquer finish. Exactly. So it's funny. They, you know, Phil's must have been nice and worn out, I would assume. It must have been worn out. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I'll take any song. excuse I can to break in a song. We do in break in a song. A lot. I like it. Um, yeah, I saw that. The cool. So it's got a mirror pick guard. So that's Yeah, and they're only making 100 of them, and they didn't list the price. So I'm guessing that shit's going to be real. Did expensive. you ever see that Simpsons I'll tell where you they have that the, it is real expensive? Oh, it is. How the, much it, do you know how much it is? Yeah, but I can't tell you that. I bet oh, it's not, I bet not it's, released yet. I bet it's, it's easily north, <laughs> north of five. Oh, yeah. It's north of. Yeah. That's yeah. That's. Oh, yeah. Um, the coolest, uh, custom shop fender I thought they ever did was the, uh, the John Entwistle slab P base, the yeah. white one with the black pick guard. I don't it know. It was like $6,000 or $7,000 or something, but it's basically just a 66 P, but it's got a maple neck, one piece cap, uh, no skunk stripe on the back. Uh-huh. And then it's got, um, these really overwound pickups. I think he might've like n- notoriously wound the pickups himself or had, oh, weird. Extra I don't know. they only made like. I feel like I should know, considering I recently read the entire John Entwistle bass book that you loaned to me. Yeah, but it's in there. Well, he's got the real ones in there. Right. He had but they didn't say them. anything about the pickups, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and maybe he didn't want them. I don't know. There was something extra hot about the pickups, but it's a slab body, so it's just ultimately more uncomfortable to play than your regular P-Bass. Word. People love them, though, and like Fender did a reissue of it a few years ago, and it was like between six and 7000 bucks. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. You gonna, and what, so you, you obviously knew the price of that one. What, else, what, other, what other cool <laughs> shit that don't we yeah. know about that's coming out? Uh, I think we're asking the wrong question. Because I've got I've got one more guitar that's coming out that I, we haven't talked about yet. I but I want to see. I think that's it. The new Gibson uh, Clapton. Oh, I just I just saw that today. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the Firebird. Yeah. yeah, dude, that looks pretty cool. I like actually it. model on the '64. Um, oh, I actually I, I I saved a quote because this really um, made me LOL when I read it. <laughs> Uh, I was like, well, well, talk about the guitar. Oh, Eric Clapton's known for strats and all these different guitars or whatever. He says, he says, here's a quote. I remember one night in particular with the Firebird, explains Eric, Eric Clapton. It was a cream show in Philadelphia, and it was one of the greatest gigs I ever played. Sick. They fucking, they reissued an entire guitar based on one gig that he played with a Jesus. fucking fire like there's no yeah. there's no notorious like layla recording, guitar recording right. or something that with clapton it's just like he played them live sometimes well the everyone's running out of things to do yeah, yeah. i mean it's it was the i don't know what your feelings on the mirror and the dragon tellies were yeah. but it was like okay here's an obscure period of time where you know there were some tellies played in the Yardbirds. Yeah, like, I think it is cool because cool. they've never really done, at least that I can remember, like a rosewood neck reissue yeah. Telecaster. So the that's George cool. Harrison is the only one I can. Right, think but of. that's that big heavy uh, mahogany body or something like. No, that. It's it's the, the whole body or the whole thing's rosewood, rosewood yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, it's heavy as fucking it's heavy balls. as balls. But that's the only thing I can. think And of. that was a that was a lamp. That was a three piece body too. I think it was super heavy. That is kind of one of my dream guitars. It would be actually. cool if they could just reissue one like with a sunburst or something. Well, oh, rosewood's just so hard to get now. Yeah, that's a good point. So that's, oh. that's they have it. plenty. 
Well, I'm sure they've I got mean, a not 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 the good stuff that people want to use. Or well, the the problem is not getting it. It's then like you can't travel with that guitar. Then like they'll is give you right? shit if it's at Brazilian. If it's Brazilian, wow. yeah, you just you need a certification, right? So it's good to know. Yeah, Cites. so don't be buying all that shit. Yeah, don't Dude, buy it. I've had a couple times in my certs. life. How do you feel, how do you feel about Firebirds? I want to, you know, I want to like them as an as an offset fan. Yeah, but they're they're going the wrong way. It's not yeah. really. It's not an offset. It feels like the next a million miles long. It's a big big guitar. Well, that that's exact. The way that it's situated on the body, it puts it way out. Yeah, in a not that does the opposite of the jazz master. Yeah, where it's like bringing it in totally. closer. To, it just it, like like the scale length confuses me. Yeah, that's I've a good had point. A, dude. There have been a, at least three times I can think of in my life where I told myself, you know what. I'm going to get into Firebirds. Like <laughs> this is like going to be my thing. And yeah. then I go and like pl- and play them and then like this th- this is horrible. I can I can't do it. Yeah. Is, I could see you doing it. it I tried. It would fit my body. It, yeah, you would look cool. good. With the interesting Firebirds. and I think the headstock is cool. Would you go reverse headstock or not? I like the I like the reverse body reverse headstock. Cool. Yeah. I don't like the non-reverse body. I think that that look, there's just something it's that blobby. just looks weird and blobby about it to me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it is I mean it's the same thing just upside down. It just it's, it's that one Dude, always felt we, weird. We we had an awesome cardinal red refin Bernie Ooh. non-reverse that I almost bought cuz it sounded so good. And you were probably what would even ask for something like, like that. You know, it's like 1500 bucks. Yeah. Oh. You know, for a, it was like a knockoff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, from the 80s Lawsuit. or whatever. But it, it was cardinal red. It looked so great. And P90 cool. sounded amazing, but then I was like I don't like P90s. Well, that's the other. I do like P90s, but I I can't get into the mini humbucker thing. I've tried that a yeah. few times. They're yeah. just they're just like, and which is weird because Neil Young is probably my favorite guitar tone ever, and dude is known for P90s and mini humbuckers. But I just they can't I can't make it work for me. I don't know why. But yeah, is weird. is that Clapton one the only one they've ever issued with just the single pick? Have they ever done a sixty four reissue aside from Custom Shop? I don't think so. Or is that, that is a Custom Shop? It's a, right? It must be. Yeah, because yeah. I mean they, that's another one where they didn't list the price. Right. So because all the ones I've ever seen are two or three pickups. Yeah, I mean obviously the Firebird one just has one pickup, so you, like you can get the old ones. But I don't know. I'm not sure about the reissues of those. I sent you that one on Craigslist the other day. It was a tribute series, though. So are those like all oh, those bullshit? That was like it's like it's like studio. It's like right for six hundred bucks, though. It seemed like an mm, okay deal. I don't know. No? It's just I. I mean, I'm sure it's fine if somebody else needed a guitar for it would be a good guitar for them. But it's certainly yeah. not anything like I'd be looking for. I, I mean, I love an old one, but like I said, I sit down with it and it just like my arms, my arm goes out weird and I yeah. can't yeah. play it right. Yep. So you know, I, I think, think we're all that the same we're just page. not. I think we're just not ballsy enough to do it. But who is? He's got a man up. And Joe take Bonamassa. It. Johnny Winter. Johnny um, Winter. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah. Right. Exactly. That's it. But yeah. Who else? I guess what I can't. I can't think of any other. Eric Clapton once. Pete Town. That Pete one Townsend? gig in Philly. <laughs> Townsend played one, didn't he? Not. I don't think so. No. Not that I can picture. Or I might be thinking Ant Wilson's basses. I mean, like uh, Warren Warren Haynes. I can picture him yeah. with one. I can't really think of any Firebird players. Uh, so maybe I don't know. Maybe I like you said. Maybe I'm just not badass enough. I think we're just we're cowards. Henry, you'll get there one day. I feel like if I was going to get there, I would have already. Don't at this give point. up. I don't know. I agree. I think that there's still time. Okay. Don't give up. There's still time. Well, yeah, I think you just need to wear it lower. Dude, yeah. I am not good. You at can't playing. play it up. You, you can't, can't play it up high. I'm no. not good at playing low slung guitars. That's what I'm saying. So I'm you need either. to be in like a sludgy, like punk. Yeah. Psychedelic band. I have been writing some riffs like, that sound like that. Yeah, I feel like like Dead Meadows probably plays a Firebird. Mm, okay, I see. I, I'm picking you know up I mean? what you're putting down. But like, you're the rhythm guitar player. Yeah, and you can like wear it really low. Yeah, 
because then if it's really only, low, only distortion pedals on my board. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, a but reverb. like multiple layers of distortion. Yeah, like I, like literally, I have right yeah. now with four distortion exactly. pedals sitting yeah. right there. And then you know, if the body's low enough, then the neck is going to come in and come, come right up next yeah. to you. Dude, I know. What, yeah, I, maybe. All right. Well, I'll I'll come visit you. We'll we'll set this up. <laughs> yeah, got some sixty four. You back definitely there. can't sit down and play it. No, There's I actually, no... I mean, I sit and play a lot, but I I at all times would rather be standing and playing. Yeah. Do you guys bring a strap out for someone if they want to like stand up and play something? Sure, that's yeah. cool. I never really thought about I that. I wonder before. if anybody ever bring does anybody ever bring their own strap? Sure, people bring their own guitars. Well, and yeah, I mean, I get that for sure. But strap, but is that like they they own strap? That's actually the... not a bad idea because yeah. you're going to use the strap from your guitar anyways. You might as well, unless you've got strap locks, then you're going to be in. Then you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, they're then like you're going to be sad. No man, it's all about the girls. Uh, Little Roche, rubber, baby. the rubber clip. Oh, that's right? that's throwing it way back to one of our first episodes. First talking episodes. points. Yeah. Neat. Uh, that was uh, that was most of the the sort of uh, news topics that I right. wanted to talk about. So now that means, man, Shelby here is on the hot seat. Oh yeah, oh, the hot seat. Oh, with, yeah. with a can of Henry's. Luckily. Um, so recently, I saw that you were you were on another another gear podcast. Yeah. Uh, what was that called? It's called the Tone Mob. The Tone Mob. Right. That's right. And and I absolutely would have listened to it, but I I thought to myself I was like, you know what? He's gonna come on, talk to me, talk to Dave. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it. And right. Like, yeah. I, so I'm sorry if we're already covering all the same types of. I shit. will make sure that we are covering different ground. Yeah. All just right. be like, I was skip there. That next question. I was yeah. a part. Well, I can also. I mean, be I like omitted part of things. Okay. You know, like I know what I did. Different. I know day, what I didn't do. Different things happen. Wow, All I right, was well, hiding in the basement of. CME. Once this one, once this one gets <laughs> edited and published, then I'll go back and listen to that one, and then feel bad about. We'll my reference own things like a bibliography. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> at, anno- at, annotate at thirty-two minutes and sixteen oh seconds. Oh my god! So, anyways, didn't want to psych myself out. That's the only reason I didn't listen. So oh, I apologize sure. if we're if we're gonna like talk about some of the same. No, no, same it's stuff great. Whatever. Um, like I said, I was literally hiding in between amplifier boxes in the basement of CME. So this. Oh, was, was it a phone thing? Yeah. Oh, cool. So this oh. was like this is a very different. And oh, I've, phone and schmone. I've, and I've known you forever. That's true. So right. neat. Well, um, neat. <laughs> I want to start. I want to start. And this is a group. This is a group question. This is a, a question I posed to the group here mm. because I was thinking about this based on something that I saw you do recently on the inter- interwebs. Okay. What. What would it okay? And let me also preface this for the listeners to say that I know we're all vintage guitar nerds sitting right here. Sure. What would it take for for a new guitar, a newly made guitar, to get your money? Wow. What would it take? What it what it like? Is it for? I guess I guess is it even possible? First of all, and and then if it is, you know what like what 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 would drive you that? Because I was I was. Dealing, I was going through this in my own head, and I and I didn't really come up with a clear answer necessarily. I, I feel like I feel very conflicted about this, sure. because I. But when I look at it in my in my buying history, I've only bought old guitars in the last however many years. You yeah. know, I mean, there's so many out there. I define old, you know, and older than you. Do you just mean you? Okay, like the, that's the that's the prerequisite. Okay, I mean that's wait because so I've purchased lots of things that are not older than me. Guitars, yeah. Okay. Um, I guess I'll answer first. Sure. Yeah. Uh, no, I feel. I don't think this is just an answer. I feel like this. Is, we're gonna get. I thought you meant just what could a company make brand new? Yeah. Right yeah. Now. That I think too. That, I yeah. Think that's the point. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, I I have one main guitar that's old, mm-hmm. and outside of that, I really don't care about anything else that I own. I thought. Well, you, no. You, I, that's. I know that's not true. That's mostly true. You're Martin. 
Well, okay, yes, but that <laughs> okay, that Martin is a family heirloom. Okay, well, so, that's that's a different thing. But I also really care about it. Yeah. But outside of, I mean, I'm electric. I would never buy a new acoustic guitar. Okay. Ever. All right. Oh, well, that. I mean, that's a good baseline to set. Like right there. never ever, because I think that even if it's five years old, like that amount of time, that instrument being played makes a massive difference. So I it's about how much the instrument was played is what you think. Yeah. Is, yeah. I think. Well, I think too that like. Oh God! Uh, you, I think you just lose so much money on new stuff. Like absolutely, like do. I have never had a problem with buying something like a comparable used product, even if it's a couple years. You know, yeah, because it's just like, well, it's just cheaper. It's already been devalued. This is where it's gonna yeah. This is where it's be. gonna basically be. It's like buying a brand new car. Like the second you drive it off the lot, it loses like thirty percent of right. the value or something like that. Um, and also, let me say before we get much further in this, I also recognize that like. We, pro- we all have uh, connections where we can get new things for cheaper than new. So I guess let's just like talk about like the assumption is that you would consumer have to pay like prices. consumer full map sure. price on something. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Because like obviously, you know, I'll buy I'll buy new stuff like synth type stuff or whatever from from my friends and other places that give me access to such things. But they don't they're not giving me a guitar of, you know, less vintage, less Paula cost. Mm-hmm. So the que- so again, the question is what would need to be done? Yeah, what is it? What what like what? Is it purely a cost thing? Like, is it you'll only buy it if it's, you know, you want to spend $300 on something? Or is, I, is, there, f- is there like something as valuable as some vintage instruments that could be new that you'd still want? I feel like you're you're probably like uh, referring to the Harmony. Oh, there it is. Yeah. That's what you're baiting That's right. me for. I am. And well, I wasn't actually. I good was, read. I promise yeah. you oh, I wasn't I trying to bait you. This is literally. No, I was no. watching that video. And I was like, those look cool, but I don't know if I would buy a new guitar. What's going on? Is and Harmony reissuing? Honestly, yeah. yeah. Oh. Honestly, I think that's the only thing I've seen in the past couple of years that I would spend full price money no on. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. What are they? So I actively the, dislike new guitars. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So. So what? what is it? I guess then we can use those as an example. What is like? What are? What is about those guitars? I think that the I think that it's a it's a fold spread of a lot of things for me. I think it's the heritage of the story. I mean, it's a company that was made in Chicago, yep. and I have a lot of you know passion for local things. And you know, they were literally the largest manufacturer of instruments, and they were all distributed through Sears Roebuck and you know Harmony, K Silvertone, all that stuff. Yep. Started here and and was really really a big deal in Chicago. So the story you know there it is an it is a new thing that it's referencing something that's old so where are they making them now in the heritage factory in kalamazoo oh awesome. okay okay cool. so they're that's not outsourcing sweet. that's cool. so they're making them in the original gibson factory that's really cool um the gentleman who really helped them design the whole entire thing top to bottom ran the gibson custom shop for years his name's edwin wilson um, the first time I played him at NAM two years ago, like he had literally just finished building the prototypes that were at NAM in his garage. <laughs> cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they were literally like hot off the presses, you know, is he building them to spec to the old ones? No. Then that's, what's cool about it. And I think that's why it's the only thing that would had really grabbed my attention and something that I was really passionate about getting behind. I mean, it literally like text with our sales rep you know on a on a daily or you know weekly basis um about the brand and how things are going in the launch because i wanted to be part of helping to re- relaunch these rebrand them um with them because the moment i played them i was like this thing is great wow. it's at a great price point and it's it's it looks like the old thing it has the name of the old thing but it's completely reimagined you know edwin made these 
gold foil mini humbuckers for the silhouette, which is the one that I have. Oh, oh, you have one? Yeah, oh, I have. Okay. I have a, a. Oh, they even a, make the pickups in house. Mm-hmm. So everything oh, wow. is proprietary. That's cool. Yeah. Um, How do they sound compared to like the old Dierman like foil pickups? Completely different. Right. So it's it's again like it's weird because it's like it kind of it, it made me ask myself the same question you're asking. It's like why. Why does this make sense? Like mm-hmm. I've played so many new things and old things, and why why is this like a, a good mix of of ingredients? You know, and it just it is it is what it is. Like it is a reference to something that's old, but it's just com- it's just a completely different thing. You know, and like everyone on the internet is complaining about the price point or whatever. And it's like, I, I challenge you to find a better made instrument for twelve ninety nine that's made in America. Wow. Like it just doesn't. Oh, I, thought, the I actually thought it, was, I thought it was more than that. I thought it was like, I would have or guessed or something 2000. Twelve ninety nine mono bag. The mono bag itself is 200 bucks. It comes yeah, with a mono, like 250 oh, That's what that bag Oh, sweet dude. That's yeah. awesome. So wow. like, that's a way better deal than I thought it was. Wow. Yeah. So ebony rosewood boards, maple or mahogany necks on the models. Uh, all gold foil humbuckers, but is they're it just gold foil two, humbuckers. Two bodies. Yeah, how Three. many models Three. did they make? The, it's the silhouette, the Jupiter, and the Rebel. Oh, so the Rebel is like a double horn, like kind of SG looking like cool. thing. So these are all the solid body electrics. None mm-hmm. of them. Are the, they're not doing the semi hollows yet. They will be. Yeah. I'm sure. I had an H64 that was really yeah. cool, but so it's know. that's the thing. I had an old K myself, and it was such a badass guitar, but like. To actually play them, like yeah. those '60s ones, like kind of suck, dude. I mean, they're student instruments, you know. Yeah. So, like, if I, that to come back to what we were originally asking, talking about, is like, I think that I want that old aesthetic and that old vibe and that old inspiration, but with a modern playing feeling. And that's thing. what I think we're coming to, you know. I, I, I've watched a lot of, not a lot. I mean, I've only been there for five years but it's like been a really intense five years mm-hmm. it feels like you know a lot of m- moving towards that kind of mentality or maybe it's just the mentality inside of myself like i don't the reality of the matter is is that there are more bad vintage instruments and they're good hmm. huh all right i have played a significant amount of not great playing vintage guitars yeah more so than great ones you know and, and the reality of the matter is is that I think it's really similar to music. You know, right? we're in a phase where everyone can take influences from the past and regurgitate them. You know, like borrow from like three specifically very different sounding, you know, bands or artists. And then because of how great music sounds now, you can regurgitate that into completely a new idea. And you can take all the, you know, you can make a beautiful sounding, like very lush 80s throwback record. You know, we can do it right now with everything that you have, because like we have that reference and we can make it sound better. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a um, there's a cover of that Kate Bush song. um, This chick, Meg Myers, that's blowing my mind right now. I can't stop listening to it. And it's like, oh, my God, you just made it it, like the last time the song was recorded in that way. It was 1985. Like they just didn't have the resources to do this. Yeah. You know, the thing that we all idolize about vintage and used, you know, vintage gear, it's like these, there were so, so many imperfections, you know, and, and again, I, I think that there's a lot more bad out there than there are good. And, and the ones that are good are really good, mm-hmm. you know, and when, when you find one that's really good, and that's what a lot of these manufacturers are doing, they're like, okay, how do I take the best version of this and tweak some things to make it better and make it modern you know to make it usable like i would never buy 
an old silhouette unless I wanted something that intentionally sounded shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You know, like that, the like, Jack white, that's angle. the aesthetic that you're choosing. Like I want this thing to not hold a tune. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and it's like, I, I, I see the jazz master that you own sitting right next to you and that's an old piece of wood and metal right there. But I also see that you've got a brand new mastery bridge sure. on there because that design was just shitty back then, but yeah. we figured stuff out since then to improve. Upon that design it. was literally screws. That Leo just it was, chopped it was the thread. He was yeah. like, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> like, like people who like adamantly defend that original bridge. It's just like, no, this was just a problem that was solved. Mm-hmm. That's just, just a collector. You thing, know what right? I mean? I mean, they want the original, but, well, no, yeah, cause but if you actually play, play on better. that bridge, it sounds different. Pop out. Right. But it also around. sounds different. It does. Oh, sure. You know, yeah. like I listen to those Stapleton records. I don't know if you like Chris or if you're into country music, I, but I do like Chris Stapleton, but yeah. like I can hear yeah, the amazing. bridge. I can hear the bridge. That like, kind of like, that is the original bridge. But it's really, it's a dead sustained thing. too. It's like you pluck the string and it's there, but then it's gone. And like it, it does a yeah. different thing. Well, they put that mute on the Jaguars in yeah. the early 60s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a 64 that had the mute, it, which is pretty rare to even have that on there. Yeah, with the felt but, that still works. Yeah, it did actually. Well, it was probably replaced, I would assume. Good luck ever palm muting. But it was so funny because like, it even like was janky. Like It yeah. was kind of like it would get stuck and kind of you couldn't lift and it squeak. up. And, yeah, and you'd have to... And the to, pickups are microphonic. Like, dude, oh, yeah. like, these these are, again, I, I don't know. I, I hate to like come in and burst the vintage bubble, but it's like, man... There, there's a lot of, there's a lot of not great ones out there. Yeah. And, and honestly, like it's, it's funny. Like I met the, um, CEO of Guild Cordoba, his name's Tim. We were talking about the difference between classical guitars and electric guitars and in, in like our realm, mm-hmm. our side of the story. And it's like, I was explaining to him that some of the old stuff, like old strats and stuff like they, they need a new frets. It's like, why wouldn't you refret them? It's like, well, because it devalues it. He's like, that's crazy. Like in the classical world, like, that's you just you keep refretting the instrument yeah. as much well, as because it's a because, tool because it's a tool and with electrics that doesn't devalue the guitar yes it true. does oh it if, does well, especially if they're bound yeah well good that's luck true. keeping the nibs on that's there a good point. so that whole culture like uh, the the culture that like birthed the idea of the electric guitar is way more receptive because those people are still really using it as a as an instrument as mm-hmm, a musical mm-hmm. tool instead of a collector piece hanging on a wall you know and i play so many collector grade pieces the, the truth of the matter is i've played some pristine vintage guitars that are garbage we've talked about that before sometimes there's a reason why they're pristine it's to me that's usually a nobody, bad sign yeah man. it's like if you see perfect paint but i've also played pristine ones that are amazing really? well of course you know? so yeah. it's just like it's just there's no it's the same thing that's true today and this is the hardest thing to to convey to anybody it's like every guitar is different still right every guitar is different i've visited all of the processes in Fender uh, and, and watched like their production line. I've seen all the plants for Gibson. I've done a lot of tours of manufacturing plants. And the one thing is true. There's still human beings making these guitars yeah. and they're still pieces of wood. And some pieces of wood are different and some pieces of wood are better than others. Um, some pickups are better than others. Some magnets are better than others. Mm-hmm. I can sit down and play three supposedly exactly the same Les Pauls. And I can tell you the difference between the three. You know, like there are, there's gonna be a winner, yep. and it doesn't matter because as long as we still value handcrafted, handwound instruments or handwound pickups, you know, like there's gonna be nuance. There, there will be a difference, and, and you, it's still true about the vintage stuff.